Welcome everybody to episode 16 of Talkin' Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am excited to break down the week in the Schmodown. Uh, I'd like to apologize for being a couple days late. Uh, it's been a real crazy week, but I really wanted to talk about the uh, the events at the Chicago show and everything, so uh, I wanted to make sure that I got on here and broke down these matches for you, so... Better late than never, here we go, because we are about to talk Schmodown. Alright everybody, thank you again for joining me today. I am super excited to get into everything. Uh, we have a little bit of news to cover first. Uh, a new episode of Player Profiles has gone up on the uh, Patreon page, spotlighting the free-for-all three MVP, Mr. William the Beast Bibiani. So go and check that out. It's only about six minutes long, I think, so uh, if you're a patron, definitely go and check out the new Player Profile. The Kevin Smets versus Hector Navarro match has an official date. Uh, earlier, it had been revealed that it would happen in May, but now we have an actual date, and it will be May 10th. So be sure to check that out, and I will be talking about that one when it happens. Also, you can find uh, the interview that Christian, Ben, and Riley did in Chicago on the Just Justin Kaufman's uh, WGN radio show. So uh, it's about 35 minutes long. If it's something that you're interested in checking out, he talks, you know, about the Schmodown and and kind of you know how it got started and where it's, where it's going and everything. So give that a listen to if it's something that you're interested in. All right, uh, last week on Inside Schmodown, we had Roxy Stryer on there, the manager of the Odd Couple. Uh, the video starts off with a little note for the viewers that this episode was recorded before the events with uh, John Roca versus Mark Andreco and the Chicago Live Show. So none of those things had happened yet uh, when this. It makes sense that the um, you know, that the Chicago show you know hadn't been recorded yet or uh, that it hadn't happened yet because that was done live and all that stuff, but. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they recorded it far enough back that it hadn't happened, that the uh, Roca and Draco match hadn't happened yet. So um, that, that was interesting to me because they had already done, like the the triple threat match has already happened as well. So they they must have recorded this episode along uh, quite a while a while ago. And I feel like when you have stuff like this, and I know that Christian, um, well, he, you know, he plans his stuff out. And so, like, I feel like we knew that, uh, you know, Andrego had the opportunity, had a chance to be going, f you know, higher, in, you know, toward the, the singles title, you know. So I'm surprised that they would record this episode so early. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I know. Don't, I mean, I'm sure that they have a, a schedule of, of how they are, you know, how they do the recording and everything like that, but. It seems like you would want it a bit more up to date than that, because that was a while ago. 
you know, and a lot of things have happened, obviously with Andrago and then with now with the odd couple, a lot of things have happened. So, you know, I, I, I really think that they should uh, kind of retool the way they do that and try to fit it in a little closer to some of the, to, you know, to the air date, um, because you may miss things like that. And she could have talked about some other stuff, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, Roxy goes on, she talks a bit about how she doesn't want to compete in trivia, how she just wants to manage, how, you know, that's not, it's not something that she's been keeping secret at all, it's just she, she, she's not good at it, so she doesn't want to do it. Um, talks about the fall of the league, when Mike Kalinowski left, uh, you know, uh, his partner Adam Gertler and uh, her and Johnny LaQuasto, uh, and the rise of the odd couple during Anarchy. And how she was she wasn't worried about managing the two of them you know individually but more so about how the two uh, Mark and Draco and Jeff Snyder how the two of them would uh, interact with one another because uh, they are a very odd couple you know it's like you know oil and water they're very different um, and so she was worried about that but luckily she hasn't hasn't really had to worry because they have you know they've been on a roll they've been doing great. Uh, great so far. Um, she also gets into her uh, feud with Grace and the events that have transpired. Uh, Ken, you know, doing his thing. He denies, 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 of course. So it was interesting interactions between her and Ken uh, going on during this episode. And she says that she's rooting for Guy to win in the Houston match against uh, Bateman. That uh, So this is kind of like really where the beginning of uh, the hashtag guy girl, which we'll get into later, uh, kind of almost takes place. You kind of see, you kind of see it there, and that's another thing. It's the fact that you know this was done so long ago. It kind of shows that it's been kind of brewing uh, for a while. So, all right, let's get into match number one. The first match from uh, video number one was uh, who's the boss versus the odd couple. Uh, this is live from Chicago. Um, now, just a heads up for you know the the people who may have you know watched it at the live show, who may be paying you know, closer attention to everything. Yes, uh, this match was actually the main event during the the live show. Um, it you know ha- it was the second match, but they decided to uh, put it out there first. Um, I guess it makes sense. I, I don't know. I I thought it was kind of weird. It, I feel like they're probably doing it because that's kind of the way they do their schedule. You know, they do tag team and, and inner geekdom matches first, and then they release single. You know, the singles match uh, last or on Fridays, and they also needed time to be able to get the um, the five way match, the the number one contenders match for the Star Wars title up. Uh, so that people could watch that before they watched the actual title match. I get all that. It's just, it's kind of, as I'll talk, it's kind of, it comes off kind of weird. Um, so they started off with a, a big promotional package that they ran at the beginning of the show. And I gotta say, that package was fantastic. I don't know who's doing the editing on it, but it was a great little little promo package. Uh, then Emma comes out to intro the show and break down the rules of conduct. Then she introduces Mark Ellis. He comes out. He's charming as always. Uh, and he mentioned, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, he did do recently do his hour-long special while he was in Chicago. 
so I, I'm not sure, you know, where that'll be shown or available, but when it is, make sure you go and check that out. I guess they had uh, some issues with the venue uh, and the staff at that venue. They uh, talk a bit about it on um, uh, Collider Live, and I think Josh talked a bit about it on the afternoons a little bit. So uh, you can find some of the some of the info uh, on those respective shows. Uh, then Harloff comes out, you know, and they kind of do their thing. At one point, he says Zoobly Zoo, which I thought was really funny. So, you know, for those who are fans of uh, Collider Live or who listen to the other show on this network after Live, you know exactly what that's a reference to. Uh, so, I, you know, it got, it got quite a bit of a, a chuckle out there uh, at the Live show. Uh, and then he mentions how uh, the team match uh, is the main event. Uh, so like he says that during this thing, which, you know, obviously that means that what we're seeing at this point is the stuff from the beginning of the actual show that they just decided to uh, open this video with. Um, so it, 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 it did. It felt, it felt awkward to me uh, doing it this way because, um, like I said, they showed this one first even though it was second. You know, it's it, and it's just it's something that seemed weird to hear them mention. Like they probably could have edited it to where they didn't even and you know necessarily mention that. But and there's actually more that they did edit out that I'll, that we'll get into later um, when I talk about the Star Wars uh, man, the title match. Um, and, and you can kind of tell like they're you know they're doing their thing, and then at one point they cut to the audience. And you know, and then they cut back, and I think that, and that is where the cut is. So that way, you don't see the jump in video from the guys from from Mark, Mark and Chris, or uh, yeah, from Mark and Christian. So they cut it, but they go to the audience, so you don't see the cut, which makes sense, and it's good editing. Um, and, and but it kind of made me wonder, like when that happened, because you they don't usually do that. Unless it's like you know they may crack a joke or something, and you're pant, you're getting to the audience in order to see some laughter, some reactions, or something like that. Um, so it, it was like I wonder if if they cut something out there, and that's why they panned to the audience. And it, it, sure enough, it was. Um, so anyway, it is what it is. They wanted to to get this match out first, and I get that. You know, it just seemed a little odd to me. Um. So for this match, it seemed interesting to me that Ken was on the desk instead of Christian, but Christian did come out again to intro the competitors. And out first came the Odd Couple, which uh, Jeff had like a little mini title belt headband, which I thought was really cool. I really want one. I, I dug it. I don't know if it was like a like a Schmodown title, like made into a headband, or if it was just like a random like WWE title, but it looked really cool uh, either way. And then Who's the Boss came out second. It took them forever to get on stage. They were even like, where'd they go? What's going on? Um, I don't know what they were doing back there, but it took them forever to get uh, on stage. Because it looked like they had to go kind of around back. But everybody else, you know, had, you know, it was fine. They, they didn't have any problems getting uh, onto the stage. So, And we get into the match. It was pretty, pretty close throughout the whole thing. Going kind of back and forth. Uh, really not missing, missing much. Uh, we get down to question six. Uh, this was the this was one of the interesting ones. Um, the answer for this question was Bespin, 
and the audience erupted in laughter once the question was asked. And Jeff even said uh, that because of the audience reaction, that is the reason that he was able to get that answer right. You know, it's it, they talk about it a bit during the uh, post interviews, but you know, it's the fact that it was a question that the answer was obvious from the reaction because it's a schmodown moment. The whole John Roca Bespin thing. Uh, I don't know if they should have asked that question, especially not at a live show, because you know you're going to get a reaction like that uh, from from people. It was I don't know. It was kind of interesting that they would even even go and and, and ask that kind of a question, but. We end the round, and Draco gets a perfect round and uh, nails his bonus question, uh, getting nine points for Draco, six for everybody else, ending the round 12 to 15 in uh, favor of the odd couple. Uh, it's a, you know, right off the bat, you got a three point deficit, so it's not looking great right here for who's the boss. And that's all because of because you know of the power of Mark and Draco. Like I said, everybody else did you know pretty decent with six points, uh, but Mark and Draco getting that perfect round and nailing his bonus question that that's really what took uh, the odd couple up here. And the I got there was one thing I wanted to mention is the banter between Ken and Mark was just incredible they work so well together and i would love to see more of the two of them together on uh, uh on the on the desk it, it was just fantastic i absolutely loved it and we get into round two uh odd couple defers to who's the boss who spins spinner's choice and ends up picking uh movie release dates of course and they just they just plow right through it getting every question right no multiple choice 12 points total uh, out of out of what the, out of their possible twelve, they they just nail it. Um, at one point, r- randomly, some multiple choice. I think it was in the last question. Uh, randomly, some multiple choice options popped up on screen, but they weren't even for the question at hand. So I don't know what happened uh, in when they're show like doing the editing or whatever. Um, not not because like they don't. I mean, I didn't watch this one live, but. The live ones that I have shown, they don't they don't put those on the screen um, until after they edit it. Like the live stream doesn't have that. So it was interesting that they that they got that wrong. Like they could have just I don't know. It was kind of interesting. Granted, you know they had to get it up. You know they only had what, two days total to do it. So uh, not even two days. They probably had like thirty six hours roughly to get it done. Um, so, but it's something that they need to keep an eye on. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to mess kind of that kind of thing up. Like there was no reason to have multiple choice questions even pop up. So I don't understand why it, like, I can understand if it was like the wrong set, like if he'd gone to multiple choice and it was just the wrong set of them. Um, cause I've seen like the wrong question up on the thing before. I've, I've seen that happen, but yeah, there was no reason for multiple choice options to even be there. So I don't know what happened. So then, uh, odd couple spins. Uh, they get Kate Blanchett, uh, and after a little bit of uh, uh, back and forth, they decide to stay on that. And they do actually really well in this category, getting five out of six for ten total points. 
Uh, they miss their question five after going to multiple choice, but luckily for them, uh, who's the boss also misses this one, so it didn't really cost them too much. Um, they're still in the lead at the end of round two, 24 to 25. So, you know, they still have a, a, a bit of an edge there. Then we head into round three. Uh, Mark is up first. Uh, Mark Riley, I should say, is up first for who's the boss. He gets his number, his uh, two-point question right. Then uh, moves over to Jeff, who nails his two-pointer. And it goes back to who's the boss with uh, Ben Bateman, who misses his uh, three-point question. Question was who directed? Essentially, it was who directed over the movie Overlord. Uh, he said Drew Goddard. Answer was Julius Avery. And apparently, even Jeff Snyder knew this one. He was like, "There's no way he knows this. I know it. There's no way he knows this." And sure enough, he was right. He did not. He did not know it. Um, so that that cost them there. And so it forced it onto their five point question, which. Unfortunately for who's the boss, they did not get correct. Uh, ben tried to use a JTE rule at the end, but they didn't have any. The last time they used their JTE, I think it was during uh, Ben's three-point question, um, he used the JTE rule, and Christian said that was your last one. You know, you don't have any more, and so he tried. You know, they waited till the last second, and he tried to do what he always does. And use the JTE rule, um, but they didn't have any, and so uh, another like second or two passes, and Riley uh, shouts out an answer. Um, it was still wrong, so they they didn't get the points anyways. But if if Riley had gotten the answer right, if they, if they had shouted out that answer even after the clock, you know, went down, I don't I don't think that they should have gotten it. I don't know if they would have. Um, that, that's that's you know that's something that we don't have to worry about really because it didn't happen. But I'm curious if if Christian would have tried would have actually given them the point if they had gotten it uh, correct because they are trying to do that whole oh we're gonna milk the clock. But I, I don't know. I think he was actually probably trying to come up uh, to to come up with the answer, so he needed the time. But I, I, I don't. It's just a thing that Ben does. You know, is wait till that last second and hit hit a JT rule to milk the clock, and it kind of gets annoying. And they really probably needed him there. Maybe if they hadn't been fucking around during the match, uh, you know, and using their JTE rules when they didn't probably need it, because there there was a couple of times during the match that it seemed like they used them when they didn't need it, and they were just milking the clock. And if they hadn't done that, then maybe they would have got you know, been able to use it here, and maybe they would have came up with the right answer. Who knows? Um, but if the going back to the fact that they didn't have any, and if they had gotten it right after the buzzer and given the points, I, that's something that right there I'd have challenged. Um, I would have been like, no, this was after the buzzer. Challenge, win the match. Boom. Um, so, like, so, no matter what, the odd couple wins, which I, I, I'm very, very happy about, uh, 26 to 27, real close match, like I said, but, uh, unfortunately for who's the boss, they weren't able to capitalize, uh, on a win here. Uh, the odd couple walks off, 
without you know, like who's the boss? They try to like shake hands, but they just Jeff just walks off because that's kind of his thing. And then Andreco decides, you know what? Yeah, I'm out of here too, and walks off because uh, he doesn't he doesn't trust Ben. And uh, with Ben trying to you know shake his hand, and everything he's like, nah, he's like he, he's not having any of that fakeness. So I get that. Roxy stays behind though, and this is where some controversy comes into play. He puts out his hand, she stands there for a second, and then she just pulls back and slaps him across the face and then walks off. Then Andrew Guy pops up on screen, mocks Ben for just getting slapped, puts on a clinic of a promo, man. This dude just just nailed this promo. It was awesome. You know, he did such a good job here. I was so, man, it made me more of a of a guy fan. Guy, he's truly a star, and uh, I, I was man, I was thrilled. It was such a good 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 promo. It's kind of swayed me toward his side a bit more, to be honest with you. So uh, I'll be interested to see how their match goes down in Houston uh, next month. So then Jen runs backstage to try to get an interview with them. Uh, you know, I gotta say, they all really did a great job playing up the level of upsetness that happened during, uh, this whole thing. Um, the interview with, you know, you got Mark, you got Ben, you got, uh, Tom Dagnino, and they're all just, like, kind of pissed about it and everything, and I get it. Um, Mark especially, you can kind of see it, and they, so they did a great job playing that up. I gotta say, I find it really intriguing that they are pulling real life into the storylines uh with uh ben and roxy's past relationship this is something that wwe is is, has you know they're famous for doing this um one of the most infamous ones that i i always think about when talking about something like this is the whole uh matt hardy edge and lita thing where uh you know matt and lita were together then they they split up and her edge got together and they brought that into a storyline which uh Made for some interesting uh, times on screen, but it seemed a bit volatile uh, throughout. So I hope that kind of thing doesn't happen here. Like the the, the good storylines are one thing, but you don't want the volatility backstage, really. Uh, so Jen finally finds uh, the odd couple in Roxy and them, um, and and she she kind of confronts them about what just happened. And Draco calls out Ben for being fake. Uh, for not buying his good guy act, and I gotta say, I, I I think I believe it. You know, I think I believe that he that this is all just an act. Um, I I just I don't buy that he, that he's changed. Uh, over on uh, the other podcast that I produce after live, one of the guys over there uh, was talking about how he thinks that. What's going to happen is uh, we're going to find out that him and Ben have been playing everybody this whole time. That they're still, you know, uh, they're still together. They're, they've been scheming. The, the tackle and all of this other stuff has just been a, uh, a ruse of sorts. And to be honest, I kind of buy that. I, I think that could be really interesting and something I could really see Christian doing. Uh, as a storyline, so I'm really interested to see if that's actually the case, and part of me kind of hopes it is, um, I, yeah, I don't know, uh, I'm interested to see where, where it all goes, 
one thing that I did find interesting during this, uh, the interviews though, and it's kind of outside of what happened here. This is something, something outside of it all. Uh, Andrake or uh, yeah, Andrako says that uh, it, while talking about Rachel Cushing, says she and Sam, and, and, and goes on and says some other stuff, and I caught that, and it conf- this to me confirms my assumptions that Rachel and Sam Levine are dating. Um, I, I've I, I know that in uh, the Facebook group I had posted something. Um, about them being a power couple, uh, and, and then people are like, what are you talking about? And so I had found while looking for images of the, of them separately, uh, for like the, the header photos or whatever for my podcast, I came across a series of, of photos of them together at different events. And there was like five or six different, uh, events that they attended together. And it made me wonder, I was like, huh. Are they together? Because you never hear about Rachel's boyfriend. You never hear about uh, Sam's girlfriend or anything like that. You know that they have them, but you never hear about them. They never speak of them by name. And so, and they never allude to anything on screen either. But this instance of Andrako saying she and Sam, it, that just that solidified it for me that the two of them are together. And I think it's awesome. I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, I think that's great. They found they found love in the schmodown. I think that's that's fantastic. Uh, so, bravo, you know, kudos to, to to Rachel and Sam. And uh, hey, rock on! And so now we're gonna move into the Star Wars five way number one contender match. I believe this took place on the I believe on the Friday of uh, of celebration. So, like, I think that would be the twelfth. Maybe it was the 11th. I'm not honestly sure. But this happened actually in the convention. Uh, So the sound, because so it was in like a panel room. And so the sound quality is not very good. Uh, It's super echoey. You know, it's it's not great. Um, And some, there are some times where you can't really hear things properly because of it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It was also really short. Because of that, you only have a certain amount of time in in there. I think like most panels, you've got like about forty five minutes total um, before the you know you got to be wrapped up and out of there for the next panel and for the people to come in and all that other stuff. So th- you know this one it started right away. Boom! They they got in there, they got the people out, and then just boom started. No promos, no nothing, no uh, hoopla the way they usually do. Five way matches usually are much longer. Uh, like for like the videos tend to be much longer. You're talking probably close to an hour usually for these videos because you got you know five competitors. You got lots of promos. You're talking. You're doing all kinds of other stuff in the video. But you know, and you get like exit interviews and all that stuff for everybody. But we didn't get any of that stuff. And so this one it was like it's like a like a crisp 35 minute uh, video. So it's really easy to watch. It's over on the Collider's uh, uh, YouTube channel uh, because they were the ones hosting uh, everything over there at, at, at uh, Star Wars Celebration for these for this. Um, so go, you know, if it's something that you haven't checked out yet, go over there and check it out. It was a real good match. Um, even if you already know who won, it was real. It was a real good match. It highlighted some uh, potential like stars. 
in the in the Star Wars League. So uh, definitely go and watch that one if you have not yet. So out first was Laura Kelly from the Force Toast podcast. Uh, I think it was I want to say it was last week uh, when I was talking about uh, the upcoming. Uh, matches for the for Chicago. I could not for the life of me find her last name anywhere. So I was just like, "It's Laura from you know for the from the Force Toast podcast." Uh, and I even said that I cannot find her last name anywhere. So thankfully, they gave us the last name here. Don't have to worry about that. It's Laura Kelly. Then out was Andrew Blanchard from Rooster Teeth, followed by Andrew DiMolanta. He's a new. Uh, he was uh, highlighted. In uh, the rookies, they did like a couple of articles on TriviaSD.com about the, the Shm- upcoming Schmodown rookies. Uh, he was a fan who auditioned uh, through Patreon, I believe, and was, got you know got in for uh, for the Star Wars League. Andrew DiMolanta. Uh Then we have Molly Damon out next from Star Wars Explained. This is Alex Damon's uh, the current champ's wife. And then Joseph Scrimshaw, we all know uh, Joseph Scrimshaw from Four Center Podcast. He has uh, been like the staple outside of Alex Damon. He's the other one who's been here for all of these. You know, he was there in in the Big Five way with uh, Sam Witwer and uh, John Campion, Knapsack, and that. So, and then he was there for the Triple Threat match uh, with Ken and uh, Alex uh, to to get the the title uh, after Sam left. So he's been there this whole time. So you know he he's he's a he's a power player, and we and we definitely know that. So so we had Ken and Christian hosting it from uh, like I said from Star Wars Celebration. So it's, I think that's perfect because you you have Christian obviously you need him there. He's doing this thing, and then to have Ken there because he's the other Star Wars guy. And I think it actually came in handy uh, at one point because um, there was a point where. There was there was a, an answer which I think may have been different on the 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 paper or on in, on the computer or whatever from what they had, but Ken knew that it was correct also, uh, so it might have just been like an alternate name or something like that. I think it was like the the name of the land speeder that uh, Luke owned at the beginning of, of a New Hope or something like that, um, and so it, it was good that. Ken was there because he knew that that answer was correct and they were able to just kind of move forward from there. So we hop right into the match. It stays fairly close uh, for the majority of this this round. Um, really, it stays super close between Scrimshaw, uh, Molly Damon, and DiMolanta with... Laura kind of coming out ahead in this round. She gets a perfect round and uh, nails her bonus. She uh, had to name the Ewok chief and she hits it. Uh, but then Andrew Blanchard kind of kind of falls behind here. Uh, Scrimshaw, Damon, and DiMolanta end round one with nine points. Uh, Laura Kelly with 11 points, so she's up two from there. And uh, Andrew Blanchard, unfortunately for him, he's down. Uh, to, he's out. He's only at seven at the end of round one. So uh, from top to bottom, you're looking at a four point difference here. So that's not not great. You don't want to be behind that far, especially when you got heavy hitters in there like this. So then we hop into round two. And Laura Kelly is up first and spins solo and stays 
And she just runs through her questions, getting all uh, three right for six points total. And we move on to Joseph Scrimshaw, who spins uh, A New Hope and stays with that. Does the same, just plows through, gets all three right for six points. Then uh, Molly Damon uh, is up third, spins Heroes and Villains, respins, and lands on Mixed Bag. And I think these are probably the two worst ones to hit because they are so broad. When you know, got Heroes and Villains can literally be from anywhere, and Mixed Bag as well. They're so broad that it makes things a bit more difficult, I think. She's able to get two out of the three questions for four points total. She missed her second question. Uh, and I guess you could say luckily for her, only Joseph Scrimshaw was able to make the steal for two points. Uh, none of the other uh, competitors were able to get the steal. And this really is one of the things it shows. You know, Scrimshaw, he's not someone to mess around with. He's, 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 a, he's a power player. Uh, at the end of this portion of the round, both him, both Scrimshaw, and Laura Kelly are sitting at 17 points. You know, so you could t- you can tell that, uh, she, that he he's a power player. You know, it does. You know, they've both gone and they're both now tied. He was able to catch up because of that steal. So then we move on to uh, Demolanta, who spins Return of the Jedi and stays. He. Goes through and he answers all three of his questions, but he ends up going to multiple choice once. So he gets five out of six total points. And then we head over to Andrew Blanchard, who also spins Heroes and Villains and re-spins. Apparently, uh, people, they do not want that Heroes and Villains uh, slice. And lands on Empire Strikes Back. And he just, unfortunately for Blanchard, craps the bed here, misses all three of his questions. Uh, he goes to multiple choice on the first one, misses. Uh, Di Melanta gets the steal for one point. Then he misses his two, his second and third question, and everybody is able to get the two-point steals for both of these questions. And this causes him to uh, be eliminated right here at the end of round two. You've got Scrimshaw. And Laura Kelly both uh, sitting there with 21 points. Uh, Andrew DiMolanta with 19. Molly Damon with 17. And Andrew Blanchard eliminated with 7 points. It's, it's tough. You know, I, he, didn't, he, he did decent during, but he's, I think his problem is he, he was just up against some big-time power players. Uh, so it was, unfortunately for him, this was not his day. Maybe he'll be back sometime. The the one thing about it is he's not from a Star Wars like show. At least not from he's he's not billed that way at least cuz he's billed as uh Andrew Blanchard from Rooster Teeth, which isn't like a specific Star Wars thing. Like they do, they do all kinds of stuff over there. And maybe he does a Star Wars, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure he probably does some Star Wars stuff, but he's known for being part of Rooster Teeth and not specifically for being part of something Star Wars like the rest of them. And maybe that that's kind of you know where his knowledge falls a little bit is because of something like that. I don't know. So we head into round 3. Molly is up first, misses her two-point question, but she's able to hit her three. 
It moves over to Demolanta, who hits his two, then back to Molly, who hits her five, which is good. Uh, that puts her at 25 points right there. Then it moves over to Laura, who hits her two, then on to uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, who hits his two, then back over to Demolanta, who hits his three, then back over to Laura, who misses her three, but hits her five. And this causes Molly to be eliminated uh, with 25 points total. Laura sitting at 28. Then it moves over to uh, Scrimshaw, who hits his three. And so now it is down to Demolanta and Scrimshaw to hit their fives. Demolanta goes up first, hits his five, causing uh, Laura to be eliminated with 28 points, uh, putting uh, Demolanta at 29 points. And then all that's left is Joseph Scrimshaw with his five-pointer, and he nails it. 31 points total for the win. Joseph Scrimshaw is now the number one contender. He will move on. He will eventually go on the next day. I think it was the next day, uh, like I said, to uh, face Alex Damon in the Star Wars bench, which I'll talk about in a minute. Final scores, Joseph Scrimshaw, 31 uh, Alex De- or Andrew DiMolanta with 29, Laura Kelly with 28, Molly Damon with 25, and unfortunately Andrew Blanchard with seven. Uh, they did a quick stare. Alex came out. Him and him and Joseph did a quick stare down. Then they hugged, and then the video was over. Super quick. They didn't do much with it because they only had a certain amount of time, but. Overall, if you're a big Star Wars fan, this was a this was a good match to watch, um, and I was thinking about it, and I would love to see. Uh, as I'm not going to spoil it yet, but the winner of the or the loser of the Star Wars Championship match, I'd like to see that person with, and then the other three. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound mean, but I'm, I'm kind of cutting Blanchard out because he just didn't do very well. So take those four competitors and split them in two. So pair them off, have you know two singles matches, then the, a singles match versus the winner of those two for the, another number one contenders match down the road. Obviously, when uh, they decide to, because I mean, you don't want to do the Star Wars matches too often uh, because one. It'd get kind of old. There's only so many people that can compete, and two, you know, there's only so many questions. I mean, really, you're you're digging deep uh, into these, and I mean, these people they are nailing these questions. I mean, if you look at it, uh, only I think Scrimshaw only missed what one? Yeah, he only missed one question in round one. And then went on to not miss another another question the entire time. Uh, Laura, I think, only missed one question, and that was in round three. So I mean, really, it's these are these are power players, man. And I would love to see like a, a little tiny mini tournament with those, you know, with the four uh, other players. Like I said, pairing off going down to, to one uh, singles match, and that would be your number one contender. So, yeah, if, if uh, Christian's listening out there, hey, give that a try. I think it would be interesting. 
And so now we move into uh, video two, which is the third match for this uh, this episode, and that is the Star Wars Championship match between Alex Damon and the winner of the five-way Joseph Scrimshaw. This is the rematch. So I, I, I was excited to see this. I was kind of happy. I was kind of rooting at first for Molly because I thought it would be really cool to see Alex uh, go up against his wife. I thought that would be neat. And then I was like, as the match was going on, I was like, oh, man, this Laura Kelly chick, she's, she's good. And so I started rooting for her a bit. But I, I am happy that Scrimshaw won because we, we got to see a bit, you know, another match between the two of them. They, they're... they're 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 fantastic, and uh, Scrimshaw he's he's a funny dude. Uh, I, I love him. He, he he's a he's a comedian, and so he gives a great promo, which you get to see during this show. So, so the video opens with Emma introducing Mark, which we saw in part one. Uh, they cut out some of the other stuff that she had she had done. Like, like in the first video, she comes out and she talks a little bit. And then kind of goes over the rules of conduct and stuff. But they cut all of that out and just started with her introducing Mark. Uh, and it goes through that whole opener again, which we had already seen. But they did add some stuff where Mark and Christian talk about the results of the five-way. And so that's where it, I'm assuming it cut and went to the audience uh, so that you didn't see the cut. Um, so Because they, wanted to, they didn't want to spoil it in that video. They wanted you to, to, to watch. They wanted to give it time. That's the whole reason. They wanted you to have time to be able to watch the five-way. Uh, so. so getting into the match, out first was Joseph the Jedi Scrimshaw, and followed by Alex the Demon Damon, out with his wife Molly, who uh, he hands off the belt to, and she, she uh, heads off stage. Uh, these two guys, they just have a, a great presence about themselves. Alex is a little bit more subdued. Joseph, a bit bigger personality, which I kind of like. I think it uh, it, it really kind of works for them. I, I, I like that. So we get into the match, and this first round was incredible. It was, they both get perfect rounds, uh, and they both nail their um, bonus. The bonus question was... Uh, who plays? Who played Weasel, a pod race spectator in Phantom Menace that became a marauder in Solo, a Star Wars story? And the answer uh, was Warwick Davis. They both answered. So they both. So they end round one tied eleven to eleven, the most possible points you can get. And this is it's it's just wild. So then we move on to round two. Uh, Scrimshaw spins Force Awakens and stays. He gets uh, four out of the five questions correct. Misses his number three question, which was... Uh, okay, so for this one, I, I agree. This was a bit of a confusing kind of a question. The question was, how slash why do BB-8 and Ray first interact with Finn? But as it's being read... They they kind of like stumble it because I think because of the how slash why, and and he's unsure of how to like ask the question. I don't, I don't know, but it, it it seemed to confuse Joseph a bit, and it, it I think it threw him off of what the answer like should have been because when because Alex ends up stealing it when he answers it, 
Grimshaw's like, oh yeah, like he 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 understood that, and I think he knew that. I think he was one overthinking it, and two just it, the whole wording of the question was was weird and threw him off. And even like even Alex was a little like unsure. He's like, is, is it this? Like he he knew the answer, but he was like, is this what you're looking for? Because even even he was unsure of that. So I was not personally a fan of this question. Um. Then we go over to Alex Damon, who spins The Force Awakens and has to respin because that's what uh, Joseph had just done, uh, and lands on The Last Jedi and stays. And he just wipes the board here, getting all five questions for ten points. Ending uh, round two, 23 to 19. This was a big uh, a big one. Alex getting that. That steal in round three, it swung the score four points. And that's huge. And and, and we'll see the repercussions of that later. And we move on to round three. Category is A New Hope. Uh, Alex Damon bets three points. Joseph Scrimshaw bets two points. They both miss here. This is the first real stumbling block uh, for... I mean, like I said, Joseph did miss that one because... Of, but. The fact that they both missed this question, I was like, wow, okay, there are still some questions out there that can stump these guys. So, and that, that you know, so that ends the, score, the, the round with a score of 20 to 17 in favor of Damon. Scrimshaw's able to come up a little bit more, you know, up, 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 he's down by three now instead of four. Then we get into the speed round, it goes kind of back and forth, uh, but Alex ends up getting three while Joseph gets two. Uh, putting it back down to a four-point def- uh, four uh, gap of 23 to 19. So we head into round five with a gap, or a four-point gap. And, I mean, really, this, this in, in general, this was an incredible match because out of all of these questions, only two questions total were missed. Uh, one by Scrimshaw, and then the round three question by both of them. So, because they both got, they both cleared the round threes, or the round fives, I should say, getting all ten points for both of them. And here's the thing. If Joseph hadn't gotten, like, confused, or if the wording maybe had been better, and he had gotten that round two question correct, then... This would be a completely different game uh, because it would be tied right here. And they would have gone into sudden death. And because of that four-point swing, you know, that one question, that one confusing confusing question, that's the reason that he lost. He was able to pick up a point during the betting round, but then, you know, essentially lost that, that gain uh, during the speed round. So even back out. But yeah, man, one question. That's all. And one confusing question. That's the thing. And I think he knew the answer. You know, and it, I'm just, I kind of want to see a, a, one more, one more match between these guys. Really, you know, uh, I, I think he deserves it. And that's kind of why I want to see this little mini tournament happen. Give him another shot at getting in there. Yeah, he'd have to work back through, but I still think. That uh, I still think he deserves 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 another shot. So, like I said, Alex Damon retains uh, the title, thirty three to twenty nine. 
Uh, like I said, that round two miss and steal really, really determined this game. It was, it was wild. Uh, we have a little bit of post-match news, stuff I wanted to save until after uh, we got to the end, uh, mainly because I didn't want to spoil anything. Uh, during you know, I mean, I you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't actually watched it, it, it seems kind of weird. But hey, maybe you just want to hear highlights. I don't know. And and if you are listening for that reason, hey, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. But like I said, I just wanted to save some of this news because it was about the stuff that happened uh, in the matches that I was going to talk about. Uh, so first one up. Roxy is officially banned from the Riley-Snyder match. And if Riley defeats Snyder, uh, she will also be banned from the Shire Wolves Odd Couple title match. Uh, This was discussed on uh, Collider Live. And yeah, so it's just, it's something that, I mean, I don't know how I feel about uh, this this decision, um, I understand that you know you do need some sort of punishment for for what happened. I get it, and it's it's not really like that bad. It's only one to two matches total that she'd be suspended from. So I guess as far as punishments go, it, it's 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 on the lighter side, which I, I guess I'm okay with. It just seems. Because it ends up being like one to two months total. But that's just, it's just really, it's just the matches. Theoretically, she could still be there, you know, doing promos and stuff like that. But just not at those matches, depending on the circumstances. Uh, Also, Roxy has officially proclaimed herself a guy girl. Hashtag team guy. So uh, she she put it out there. Hashtag guy girl. G-H-A-I-G-I-R-E. L, of course, because Andrew Guy. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then the question, a question was arose uh, about what to do about spoilers. And I wanted to kind of just address it with my thoughts. Um, now, when it comes to these live events where, you know, they take place on a Saturday, but the, the majority of the public doesn't get to see them on uh on YouTube until the following Thursday. That's a long time, you know. And some people, you know, they want to talk about it. the people who paid to go to these events, the people who paid for the live stream or who pay on Patreon to get access to the live stream. They want to be able to talk about it. And you know what? I think the normal maybe what 24 hours I think is what it normally is uh uh, a spoiler ban. I th- I think that's not a bad idea. Um, the only other thing I can think I could say is maybe wait until Monday evening or something. That way, uh, the the it's posted on like the first portion at least of the match is posted. But in general, I think they really should just be allowed to talk about it. And if you want to avoid spoilers, pay for the for the live stream. It's like three dollars, and you can watch the live stream. Or you can uh, join up for a dollar a month and, and and watch at least the first match on Tuesday, and just avoid 
social media a little bit until you watch it or just don't care. You know, like I knew who won the five way before I watched the five way and, and the title match. So like, I already knew that it was Scrimshaw uh, going up against Damon. Luckily I was able to avoid any other uh, spoilers, but still, you know, it is what it is. These people are paying a premium, you know, and they should, they shouldn't have to wait almost a week to be able to to discuss it. You know, they should be able to discuss it. Um, the only other thing I can think of is maybe um, make some sort of uh, place like on the Patreon. I don't know how it all works, but maybe some sort of place on the Patreon where they can discuss the spoilers there. Um, uh, you know, until the rest of the world can, can kind of see it. And that brings us to the end of this uh, episode. And on next week's episode, I will be talking about the... Uh, there are actually two team matches this week, which uh, is sh- sh- surprising. I had to do a little digging, honestly, because uh, I wasn't sure what the Friday match was going to be because the um, schedule still isn't updated. It's been sitting there for like over a month, uh, not updated, and it doesn't have a Friday match listed. Um, but I found out who, uh, what the match will be, and it's going to be another team match. So uh, the first match which is uh, available, I think it'll actually, since today is Thursday, because uh, I'm getting here a little late, it'll be up today, I'm not sure what time, but it'll be up on the YouTube channel for everybody uh, at some point today, and that is the Founding Fathers, uh, which is John Roca and Dan Merle, versus the Wildberries, Josh McCuga and Elliot Dewberry. That'll be a fun match, I think. Uh, I'm pretty excited to check that one out. Uh, and then tomorrow we'll, we will see uh, the Evil Geniuses versus Superhero News. So, uh, you know, let me know down in the comments, hashtag who you got. Uh, you know, are, are you, you know, Founding Fathers, Wild Berries? I know that match is already kind of, you know, out there, but who were you rooting for at least if you've already seen it? Uh, who, you know, how, how did you feel about that? And, um... And and who who you rooting for in the Evil Geniuses versus Superhero News match? So uh, let me know there. I'll also be talking about the latest episode of Inside Schmodown, which is a uh, championship preview episode. Uh, so I, I'm intrigued uh, to see that one. Uh, and th- this one, Ken will be uh, flying solo, and he uh, apparently he'll be breaking down the Chicago live event. And uh, predicting who he thinks will hold the team and singles championship belts. So uh, make sure you check that one out. If you haven't, it's up on YouTube right now. And uh, I'll be talking about it uh, uh, next week on the show. So thank you again for listening to this week's episode, episode 16 of Talkin' Schmodown. I have been Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. You can follow me on social media. Uh, you can follow my personal channel at, J- at J.P. Rayner, it's R-A-Y-N-O-R. Or you can follow Merc with a Movie Blog uh, on Facebook and YouTube. At, just search uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, it'll pop right up. Uh, please like and subscribe over there. Uh, or you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MovieBlogMerk. And uh, please hit the like button there. Uh, comment. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a lot more like trailer reviews and uh, uh, kind of mini non-spoiler reviews 
up on the YouTube channel, so please do that. Um, uh, by the time you hear this, I will have uh, uh, probably already done or have started my uh, live tweet watch along of Avengers Infinity War as I get ready for Endgame. I will be doing a written uh, spoiler review of Endgame as well as a short non-spoiler review uh, video review of, of Endgame. Um, the guys over at Afterlife, they may be doing a uh, spoiler review on the podcast uh, channel as well for Endgame, so keep an eye out there. And be sure to subscribe. We are available on uh, on Apple Podcasts, of course, and on SoundCloud, but also on Google Play and Stitcher. And I believe uh, we're up on Spotify now. I'll have to double check, but I believe we got approved uh, to be up on Spotify. So please, please, please head over there, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, you know, five stars would go a long way to getting us pushed up uh, on the rankings. So please do that. Uh, and if you ever have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter. You can uh, message me directly, or you can just uh, use the hashtag #TalkingSchmoDown, and uh, I'll, I'll search that and I'll see what see what's out there. Uh, see if you guys are you know you want to talk about the Schmodown at all. And so yeah, again, I just want to say thank you once again for listening, and please check me out next week on a new episode of Talkin' Schmodown.